from the studios of Fractal Recording, this is The Mystic Show, episode 125. Everybody, welcome to the Mystic Show. I'm your host, Chris Curran. I'm happy to be here with you. This is a show where we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and a lot of things that are unseen and otherworldly. The purpose, of course, being for you and I to move along on our path of spirituality, of growing awareness, of higher awareness and of deeper peace, which we're going to talk about today. Um, New episodes are released every Friday morning, and you can hear the show as a podcast in iTunes and Stitcher, or on our website, themysticshow.net. And our website, themysticshow.net, you can hear all our previous episodes, and you can also sign up for behind-the-scenes emails. And when you sign up to... The email list, which I send out once a week uh, of little behind-the-scenes tidbits, you also get to download this really cool audio project I made called Relax with Rumi. Rumi was a 14th century Persian poet, and I selected some really nice quotes from him and, and recorded them over some relaxing music. It's very, very cool. So if you want to sign up for the behind-the-scenes emails... Those are cool too, and you can you can keep in the loop. And again, thanks to Pause Your Life, it's kind of our sponsor and our sister organization. Pause Your Life. Do you ever feel like you just wanted to hit the pause button and stop everything for like a day or even an hour or a weekend? Well, Pause Your Life organizes retreats and meetups that do just that. So... And I have a special announcement. I'm going to announce it at the end, though. So on this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about the rough week I had. And I'm not going to, like, complain and stuff like that. I just want to put it in context of living as a modern-day mystic or trying to or failing to. (laughs) I don't know what you'd call it. And then we're also going to read the, the last section of the James Allen book we've been reading from. The book is called From Poverty to Power. And we're going to read the very last section. We're going to finish that book um, in this episode. And it's funny, this is episode 125. We started this book. Guess what episode we started this book on? Episode 78. Right? So we've read a little bit as we go. And I've also interviewed some guests too. So we didn't read sections every episode, but most of them. And it's a, it's a nice size book. So it's taken us a while to go through it, but it's been amazing. So for all you crazy P 
people who want to listen, go back and listen to every episode with, with From Poverty to Power. It starts on episode 78. So this week has been a little rough for me and my family. We've had some crazy things happen. I'm not going to get into what it was, but, and it wasn't anything life or death. So, I, you know, it, but it was significant. It's <laughs> all, but it's, it's funny. I, I just realized about myself going through this, well, these few ordeals that got piled on top of each other. It wasn't just one thing. It was like four things all interwoven and on top of each other. Um, I realized about myself that I'm still a bit reluctant to give up and accept and specifically accept an unfair deal and and an unfair deal that I really can't change. So we all know the serenity prayer. What is the serenity prayer? Uh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Uh, the courage to change to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So when you can't change something, even though it's unfair, we have to accept it, and sometimes that's hard, <laughs> especially when the other people involved are not very um, human. You know, my wife and I, we live in northern New Jersey for now, and. A lot of people that live in this area, the New York City area, even, you know, the northeast of the United States, it's very fast-paced, very impersonal. Um, you can live in a place for 10 years and, you you know, you might see your neighbor every now and then, but you'll never talk to them and you don't know their name, don't know anything about them. <laughs> it's kind of strange in a way. Um, and driving, people are kind of crazy driving and we we call people who are just um what should i say totally identified with the material world and focused on making money and just really like their head is down they're just plowing forward in life they're not thinking they don't care about anyone else very very selfish we call them zombies or robots because in my opinion, they're not acting human. They might be a human, but they're not really acting like a human being. And I've acted that way too, many times in my life, and probably for the majority of my life. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's an observation of other people, and I'm sure you've made the same observations. And it's, again, we, you know, we have to learn how to accept this kind of thing. So it brings up the, the question that I often grapple with, which is when to fight and when to give up. You know, when to stand up for yourself and when to just accept what happened and move on. Um, even if it means that you end up the loser or you end up defeated. Um, so, and, and the other thing, you know, people often tell me, and I've heard it before from in other contexts as well, uh, they say, yeah, you need to develop a thick skin. And you know what? I've officially decided, I think that having thick skin is not good at all. 
We should have thin skin. We should be sensitive. We should be human. We should know, we should feel what's going on around us. So I think being thin-skinned, which means being more sensitive, is good. However, living in the northeast of the United States, or in northern Jersey specifically, if you're sensitive, it's uh, very uncomfortable and painful. (laughs) Because everyone else is an animal killing each other and killing you. And it's, it's not fun. So, you know, I think, you know, people say, oh, you have to have thick skin. I I think it would be like saying that, you know, if you don't like what you're hearing, develop a hearing problem, which is ridiculous. You know, my, I know my one friend, he, he was uh, newly married and he said, you know, one of the, one of the ways to extend the life of a marriage is for the husband to develop hearing problems so he doesn't have to listen to his wife all the time. And, uh, of course it's a joke, but you know, think about that. If, 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 if what you were hearing was really bad and nasty and crazy and you said, this is crazy. And everyone around you said, it's okay. Just develop hearing loss and you won't hear it. I mean, really? Is that the solution? Is the solution in this life to become thick-skinned so we become an animal like everyone else? I submit it is not. So I think the solution is, again, being thin-skinned and sensitive is great because spiritually our awareness has to develop, right? We have to become more aware, not less aware. So I think the solution is tolerance. So we have to tolerate these things, but even better than tolerance is acceptance. And that is a, that's one of the most important, if not the most important spiritual um, quality to have. It's so important. I mean, of course, okay, you can say love, but well, we've had this discussion before about love. What does love mean? People don't even, we don't even know what love means. We, cause we confuse that word love with affection and we don't know what real love is. Sp- spiritual love, divine love I'm talking about. So becoming, you know, more tolerant and more accepting is really, I think that's the only way to live among zombies and robots. And, so anyway, I had a rough week and I, again, just a couple thoughts I wanted to share. Um, I don't know if that made any sense. So right now we're going to start, <laughs> we're going to read from the James Allen book. Again, it's called From Poverty to Power. This is the very last section. It's called The Realization of Perfect Peace. And let's just go ahead and read it. Uh, And as usual, after I read it, it's not very long. After I read it, we'll pause for like a minute. I'll play a little music just to kind of ponder what we heard. And then then I'll come back and um, share some comments on the material. So here we go. The Realization of Perfect Peace. In the external universe, there is ceaseless turmoil, change, and unrest. 
At the heart of all things, there is undisturbed repose. In this deep silence dwelleth the eternal. Man partakes of this duality, and both the surface change and disquietude and the deep-seated eternal abode of peace are contained within him. As there are silent depths in the ocean which the fiercest storm cannot reach, so there are silent, holy depths in the heart of man which the storms of sin and sorrow can never disturb. To reach this silence and to live consciously in it is peace. Discord is rife in the outside world, but unbroken harmony holds sway at the heart of the universe. The human soul, torn by discordant passion and grief, reaches blindly toward the harmony of the sinless state. And to reach this state and to live consciously in it is peace. Hatred severs human lives, fosters persecution, and hurls nations into ruthless war. Yet men, though they do not understand why, retain some measure of faith in the overshadowing of a perfect love. And to reach this love and to live consciously in it is peace. And this inward peace, this silence, this harmony, this love is the kingdom of heaven, which is so difficult to reach because few are willing to give up themselves and to become as little children. Men cry, peace, peace, where there is no peace. But on the contrary, discord, disquietude, and strife. Apart from that wisdom which is inseparable from self-renunciation, there can be no real and abiding peace. The peace which results from social comfort, passing gratification, or worldly victory, is transitory in its nature, and is burnt up in the heat of fiery trial. Only the peace of heaven endures through all trial, and only the selfless heart can know the peace of heaven. Holiness alone is undying peace. Self-control leads to it, and the ever-increasing light of wisdom guides the pilgrim on his way. It is partaken of, in a measure, as soon as the path of virtue is entered upon, but is only realized in its fullness when self disappears in the consummation of a stainless life. If, O listener, you would realize the light that never fades, the joy that never ends, and the tranquility that cannot be disturbed. If you would leave behind forever your sins, your sorrows, 
your anxieties and perplexities. If, I say, you would partake of this salvation, this supremely glorious life, then conquer yourself. Bring every thought, every impulse, every desire into perfect obedience to the, to the divine power resident within you. There is no other way to peace but this, and if you refuse to walk it, your much praying and your strict adherence to ritual will be fruitless and unavailing and neither gods nor angels can help you. Only to him that overcometh is given the white stone of the regenerate life, on which is written the new and ineffable name. Come away for a while from external things, from the pleasures of the senses, from the arguments of the intellect, from the noise and excitements of the world, and withdraw yourself into the inmost chamber of your heart. And there, free from the sacrilegious intrusion of all selfish desires, you will find a deep silence, a holy calm, a blissful repose. And if you will rest a while in that holy place and will meditate there, the faultless eye of truth will open within you, and you will see things as they really are. This holy place within you is your real and eternal self. It is the divine within you, and only when you identify yourself with it can you be said to be clothed and in your right mind. It is the abode of peace, the temple of wisdom, the dwelling place of immortality. Apart from this inward resting place, this mount of vision, there can be no true peace, no knowledge of the divine. And if you can remain there for one minute, one hour, or one day, it is possible for you to remain there always. All your sins and sorrows, your fears and anxieties, are your own, and you can cling to them or you can give them up. Of your own accord, you cling to your unrest. Of your own accord, you can come to abiding peace. No one else can give up sins for you. You must give it up yourself. The greatest teacher can do no more than walk the way of truth for himself and point it out to you. You yourself must walk it for yourself. You can obtain freedom and peace alone by your own efforts, by yielding up that which binds the soul and which is destructive of peace. The angels of divine peace and joy are always at hand, and if you do not see them, and hear them, and dwell with them, it is because you shut yourself out from them, 
and prefer the company of spirits of evil within you. You are what you will to be, what you wish to be, what you prefer to be. You can commence to purify yourself, and by so doing, you can arrive at peace. Or you can refuse to purify yourself, and so remain with suffering. Step aside, then. Come out of the fret and the fever of life away from the scorching heat of self, and enter the inward resting place where the cooling airs of peace will calm, renew, and restore you. Come out of the storms of sin and anguish. Why be troubled and tempest-tossed when the haven of peace is so near? Give up all self-seeking, Give up self, and lo, the peace of God is yours. Subdue the animal within you. Conquer every selfish uprising, every discordant voice. Transmute the base metals of your selfish nature into the unalloyed gold of love, and you shall realize the life of perfect peace. Thus subduing, thus conquering, thus transmuting, you will, O listener, whilst living in the flesh, cross the dark waters of mortality, and will reach that shore upon which the storms of sorrow never beat, and where sin and suffering and dark uncertainty cannot come. Standing upon that shore, holy, compassionate, awakened and self-possessed, and glad with unending gladness, you will realize that never the spirit was born, the spirit will cease to be never, never was time it was not, end and beginning are dreams." Birthless and deathless and changeless remaineth the spirit forever. Death hath not touched it at all, dead though the house of it seems. You will then know the meaning of sin, of sorrow, of suffering, and that the end thereof is wisdom. will know the cause and the issue of existence. And with this realization, you will enter into rest. For this is the bliss of immortality. This is the unchangeable gladness. This the untrammeled knowledge, undefiled wisdom, and undying love. This, and this only, is the realization of perfect peace. We'll take a quick break.
All right. Welcome back to The Mystic Show. Um, real quick, if you'd like to consider supporting The Mystic Show so more people can benefit from these uh, wonderful concepts and, and uh, values that we talk about here, there are several ways you can help. You can share each episode on your social media, like Facebook and Twitter. Um, you can give the show a rating and a review in iTunes and Stitcher or Stitcher. Um, or you can contribute a dollar or two or three per episode. Um, we have a nice Patreon campaign, which lets you contribute, like I said, one or two dollars an episode. Um, so it's you're just kind of contributing because you like the show. Um, many of our listeners are doing that. So, and also, real quick, the announcement I wanted to make: we are publishing. A James Allen book. Well, we're republishing Byways of Blessedness, which was written by James Allen and published in 1904. And we are republishing it. It's almost all done. Um, it's not available yet, but very soon it will be in the next couple weeks. So I'll definitely post it on the website and and everywhere else. Um, it's really well done. And Byways of Blessedness blessedness is one of my favorite James Allen books. Of course, James Allen is one of my favorite mystics. So that reading we just did, again, it's the very last section. That's how the entire book ends. And it is very, very nice. I think um, I have a couple notes here that I wanted to talk about. When, you know, again, the author encourages us to come away for a while from external things, from the pleasures of the senses, from the arguments of the intellect, from the noise and the excitements of the world, and withdraw yourself into the inmost chamber of your heart. So, and this is where heaven is, right? That's what he says. And if you will rest a while in that holy place and will meditate there, the faultless eye of truth will open within you and you will see things as they really are. So this just is very beautifully put and it underscores this idea that the universe inside ourselves is much bigger than the universe outside of ourselves and that all the answers and solutions we need are inside of us. Uh, if we take the time to meditate properly and to give up self. He keeps talking about giving up self. And this is the selfish self, of course. Um, and he also says, this holy place within you is your real and eternal self. Right? So what that means that this physical body, this in the material world, the, the body that has a job and earns money and has a family and whatever, um, that's not really real. It's relatively real. It's it's kind of real. <laughs> if I pinch you, it'll hurt. But the real and eternal self is that which is deep inside of us. And that does not die when our body dies. Right? That does not die when the earth eventually dies, right? Which, of course, it will. 
And when you identify yourself with this true self within you, he, he tells us, basically, then you will be in your right mind. I thought that was interesting. So when you're really, you know, in a meditative state, maybe really connected within yourself to, to the divinity within yourself, you can be said to be in your right mind. It's interesting. So the everyday mind, well, we know that the everyday mind makes all kinds of mistakes and does wrong things. So, so this, in my opinion, this is the solution for all the, the bigger problems of life, you know, I mean, on, on the spiritual journey, outer problems are one thing, you know, relationships or money or where you live. Those are problems. But the bigger problem is, can you meditate and can you get in touch with your real and eternal self and then be in your right mind, right? That's not so easy. He also says this, I don't know if you caught this. All your sins and sorrows, your fears and anxieties are your own. And you can cling to them or you can give them up. He says it so simply and easily, right? But that's that's a big thing. I mean, do you believe that all your sins and sorrows are your own and you're clinging on to them? And if you let give them up, they'll go away or at least eventually go away? I mean, do you really believe that? I believe it in theory. Again, in practice, it's not so easy. Of your own accord, you cling to your unrest. Of your own accord, you can come to abiding peace. No one else can give up sin for you. You must give it up for yourself. So, so, you have a lot more power than you think you have. Even if you sort of understand how powerful you are, you still don't really understand the magnitude of the power that you possess in becoming the spiritual divinized person you, you want to become. Right? I, and, I, and I love that because each day as you and I live we're sort of discovering higher awareness and more uh, spiritual energy and power and beauty, right? I look forward to that, learning more and becoming more or, or becoming less, whichever, <laughs> whatever viewpoint you have. And he also says, and I, I think about this, not a lot, but I should think about it more. The angels of divine peace and joy are always at hand. And if you do not see them and hear them and dwell with them, it is because you shut yourself out from them. So did you ever think about that, that you have all these angels watching you, looking out for you, ready to help you, just waiting to help you? And because of your selfishness or whatever it is they're not they can't help you they literally can't because you're blocking them i know i feel that way um and again it's encouraging and 
heartening to know that there are these divine powers ready to help. And, and it's really all, you know, uh, the forces of God or, you know, the manifestations of nature, whether, whether it's angels or whatever it is, we don't know exactly. Right. And, and really it doesn't matter. It, it, what matters is that we understand that if we drop our selfishness and really get in touch with the inmost core of our heart, that all these things are there and we ha- we have to discover it for ourselves. So this was an especially inspiring reading for me. It was especially inspiring to to finish this book, which again, we started on episode 78 and we ended just now, episode 125. It's been a great run and we'll have to pick my next book and uh, and we have some exciting guests coming up too. And I'm trying to book more and more guests. If you, if you want to suggest any guests, please do through the website or Twitter or Facebook. The Mystic Show has a presence in most places, so... So thanks for listening. Again, all previous episodes are on our website, themysticshow.net. And as you're moving through your day and the rest of your week, keep in touch with that inmost core of your heart. Maybe close your eyes and meditate. Maybe meditate for a few minutes here and there when you don't normally meditate. Try something new. And as always, keep shining.